Hi guys, my name is Adya, a computer and cognitive scientist in the making, and you're listening to Thunk It, where I discuss some of the implicit governing factors of our lives and what they really mean. Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode. Today I'll be discussing the new rich. Now, this concept or terminology has recently been popularized actually over the last couple of years, by some very well-known publications, in particular the book The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss talks about this idea. Now, before I start discussing what it really means to be a part of this new rich population, so to say, let's first think about what it means to be rich, stereotypically speaking. So if I were to ask an average person to think about a rich person and describe them, typically the thing that comes out of their mouth is, you know, they have a lot of money. It's always about, the the idea of being rich is always about having a lot of money or things of monetary value. But if I were to, instead of describing or giving the definition of a rich person, if I were to ask you or someone to visualize a rich person instead, their idea would be very, very different to that of the description. So, you know, in the visualization, you don't really picture maybe somebody being an average person in terms of their lifestyle, but having a big number printed when they open in or log into their bank account information. No, that's not the, pi- the person that we visualize. What the person, a rich person typically looks like to us in our head is someone who is actually experiencing the luxuries that the world has to offer. Now, this consists of things like living in a big house, having a lot of cars, and so on and so forth. When one popular thing that comes up in a rich person's description, whether or not they have a big house and a lot of cars, is the ability to travel or, or having the time and resources to be able to enjoy travel. So the idea that I'm t- trying to put across here is that our definition of a rich person and our visualization of a rich person vary significantly. And if that is the case, then surely a definition-wise rich person is very different from an image-wise rich person. So moving on to this idea of the new rich, what this idea or concept suggests is that There's absolutely no need for you to slog away your hours 9 to 5 in order to live a rich person lifestyle. Since these things are so, so different, it is even possible for someone with an average income to be able to achieve these things. Now, I'll talk about income in a minute. But I'd like everyone to start off by thinking about what is the structure or format of their life. And for most people, it's, it's quite common across countries or different age groups as well. The typical and average lifestyle of the person is, um, in terms of definition, is to spend the youth or the majority of their youth, their 30s, their 40s, in a job which is well-paying. And then you'll be able to retire and 
you know, be significantly well off to do and be able to enjoy the luxuries of life if you can't already do that. And somehow this sort of predetermined format and structure of life has been embedded into our minds from a very young and early age, which which is the reason why many of us are often afraid of straying away from this typical format. It's the same reason startup entrepreneurs and um, people who are doing something out of the ordinary often get a lot of criticism until they are actually making a profit, in which case, um, sure, you're doing something great and it's, it's great that you're pursuing your passions. Anyway, so living in this typical format where you're always, always prepping for retirement, it just seems kind of problematic because if you are acknowledging that the best years or the most energetic or productive years of your life are in your youth, then why is it that we are so focused on preparing for the future and not enjoying the present? I mean, surely a future you, someone who's 70 or 80 retired, is not going to be that enthusiastic about traveling or learning a new language or, you know, uh, changing up your life completely to move to a new country, whatever it is that you want to do, surely a 70-year-old version of you would not want that. I'd, I reckon, of course, there are some, some elderly people that are very much uh, enthusiastic about that sort of thing, but your typical elderly person might enjoy maybe living in the suburbs, um, watching television, doing elderly people things. And that's definitely not a bad thing to want that for your future. But if you are expecting to maybe travel in the future once you're retired, have a world tour, then I think the typical person would be being very unrealistic in that sense. There is absolutely no need for you to be compromising the potential of enjoyment that you might have doing that thing today rather than doing that when you're 70 and probably just doing it because you wanted to do that in the past. A person's wants and desires are very much prone to change. So while preparing for them maybe six months or a year ahead makes sense um, in terms of having enough money to do it, but preparing for it 40 or 50 years in advance seems kind of like a stretch. It just is not a feasible way of achieving the actions or things that you want to do in the present. So in order to be able to achieve the things you want in the present instead of once you retire, you need to be able to build sources of passive income. When we talk about income in the common sense, um, it typically refers to a salary or an hourly rate in which the time you spend doing a task is directly proportional to the amount of money you're earning. The more work you do, the more money you're going to earn. But passive income suggests otherwise, and it allows you to optimize your time instead of consistently spending it on work. So it suggests alternate ways of making income without it being directly related to the time you spent on it. Because surely if you're spending time and that is being uh, 
equated to the amount of money you're earning, it's almost never going to be possible for you to do anything outside of work. So one example that might pop into your head now is um, it's maybe property management because it is quite a mainstream career choice and industry. So you just rent out your property. It's a one-time contract that you need to manage and maybe a little bit tidbits of maintenance and so forth. But really, the, the money that you're earning monthly or yearly based on your contract is, is not a result of you spending in time, but just the two hours or three hours of work you did initially. Now, the problem with this particular industry is that it requires quite a lot of investment. So you need to have a lot of money in order to start in this industry to be able to buy property and in you know rent it out. Of course in order to be able to start out as a part of the new rich population you don't need to have a lot of money to begin with. So some alternate sources of making passive income involve, involves leveraging the internet. Now, a lot of people spend a lot of their waking hours on the internet, but they're not leveraging it. Sure, you're doom scrolling to death until you reach the end of your newsfeed, but that's not making the most of it. In fact, you can be spending the same amount of time on the internet and making money out of it without spending additional time later on. So one example might be a YouTuber or someone who creates online content. A content creator typically will generate revenue based on the time their audience spends viewing advertisements. Now, of course, there is a lot of effort that goes into building an audience, a concrete audience that's going to spend a lot of um, time viewing your content. That's one part of it. So you need to make sure that the content you're creating is actually of worth and something people would watch. But the good part about this is that once you make a video, you're going to be making money off of it all the time until maybe YouTube changes its policies or you take the video down. This sort of income model works a lot better because you're able to have a lot of free time while generating money. And the first issue with not being able to live a rich lifestyle is not having the time to do it. Money is very secondary to that because having a rich lifestyle might allow you to be able to learn a language. Maybe you can just do it off the internet, but you need to be able to have the time to do it. You need no monetary investment for that. But if you don't have the time, then, then of course that's not going to happen. Similarly, if you think about the teaching profession, now, in, in schools, teachers are spending maybe five hours a day actually interacting with the students, teaching them content, another couple of hours creating maybe assessments or grading their papers and so forth. But if you compare this to someone who publishes as an online course and charges a one-time fee or monthly fee, they're able to maybe spend one week recording all this content and putting it up and uh, letting all the students do all the work and then they have all this free time for personal development. In order to be rich, the new rich, you need to be able to have personal development. 
you know, commonly in conversations, this this idea, this discussion topic will come up where people bring up rich people and talk about how interesting they are. Not in terms of the lifestyle they live, but simply just in terms of their personality and how they perceive them in maybe public interactions. And I would go ahead to say that that's a characteristic of a new rich person. A rich person, a monetarily rich person who has nothing else of value, who's just who just has a lot of money but doesn't spend it and keeps it and holds it, living an average life, is not going to have an interesting personality that somebody is going to look up to. In order to be able to build that personality, you need to be able to have different experiences. And all of this can only be achieved if you have free time to do things that are not your career. Another sort of pinnacle of small talk is the question, what do you do? And this question warrants a very straightforward and typical answer, which is, what do you do for your career? What do you do for earning money? But really, that's not what the question is asking at all. If you enjoy learning a new language in your free time or painting or something, when someone asks you, what do you do? You wouldn't say that. You would go ahead and say something like, oh, I'm an engineer at XYZ or I do marketing or branding at this company or that company. And the problem with this response is, or the question itself is um, that the entire identity of a person becomes tied in to their day job. And I don't think that should be the defining characteristic or in particular the identifying characteristic of a person. I mean, surely if most people are just doing their day job for the sake of having an income, then then that shouldn't be your identity, right? Your identity should be something that is more representative of you in terms of what you enjoy and do when you're not working for money. So in order to be a part of the new rich, you don't need to be monetarily rich, but you need to be rich in terms of the life that you're living. And in order to make sure that you're living a rich life, you need to be able to create time outside of your day job that allows you to do a lot more things than the day job lets you. You don't need to be cornered into one particular niche or one particular industry where you're doing the same thing every day, all the time. That's going to lead to no personal growth and no enriching life stories that make you as a person. Realistically speaking, you don't need a lot of money to do at least some very important defining things of a rich person lifestyle, for example, traveling or learning instruments or learning languages, whatever. All these things don't require to have a lot of money. Sure, maybe buying a new car, buying a BMW is going to need a lot of money, but really that's not going to be adding much to your personality or anything relevant to life stories. It's just going to be another asset, another sort of showcase piece to put on the mantle. But being able to have the time to experience all these new things is going to far outweigh the richness of money. One more thing that comes out of trying out all these new things and 
venturing out of your comfort zones to do something completely extraordinary is being able to interact with a very varied kind of population. Your general group of friends or people you interact with or you're acquainted with is going to be from a very, very diverse background that's involved in many, many niche things. And it's sort of a a self-feedback loop because if you are around these interesting people, you're more bound, once again, to do more interesting things. So once you're able to find your in into this loop, you'll be able to do far more and you'll be able to live a happier life overall simply because living a routine that's mundane and non-exciting for the human mind is not going to be stimulating and not going to be an enjoyable experience. I know as a society we've sort of accepted this idea that We need to suffer in the beginning to enjoy later. But really, that seems unnecessarily harsh. You don't need to suffer right now to enjoy later. You can enjoy now. You can enjoy later. It's about being able to leverage the resources that you have and leverage the way that you choose to spend your time. There's absolutely no need for anyone to wait until retirement to be able to afford traveling to a country or doing something. In fact, I'm sure the majority of the population that's, of course, listening to this is from a a fairly privileged background since you have access to internet and all these um, online tools and you already probably are able to afford going to at least one country. The problem really isn't a monetary problem for some people. It's more about being okay with uncertainty, being okay with not being employed for two months. It's not the end all of the world if you don't have a job for two months. In fact, chances are if you take two months off to travel, you're probably going to be a happier employee, a better employee, a more productive employee. Maybe maybe you can share this with your boss, have them Uh, listen to this and maybe they'll get the idea that they might get better and higher performing employees if they let them take more time off. So there's plenty of techniques that you can use to first of all create free time for yourself. One of them being of course passive incomes. There's a lot of different ways if you think about it, if you try to optimize your time and Secondly, make sure that the free time that you already have is not being wasted on mundane things and repetitive things that don't really need that much energy or attention, but you're just giving attention for the sake of it. Use that time that you have to become richer in terms of your lifestyle, richer in terms of your personality, and richer in terms of your growth. So that's all for this episode and hopefully by the time you tune in for the next episode you're going to be richer than you are today and much more equipped to take on the lifestyle of the new rich.